Okay, welcome back. Episode 45. I'm so freaking excited. I have an amazing special guest, Mallory, on with us today. And when I was following her for a while, I wanted to bring her on for several reasons. One, because she's running multiple six-figure businesses. And as an ADHDer, I wanted to know how she was making it work. So make sure you stay all the way to the end because she's going to be sharing with us how she got multiple businesses up and running, how she builds community online. And it's just been absolutely amazing. It was such a fun interview and her energy is unreal. So uh, when Mallory was 22, she built a global multiple six-figure e-commerce business on a student budget. They were scaling incredibly fast and then it happened. She got really burned out. She started to lose her hair. She had unexplainable rashes all over her body and she didn't even notice she had pneumonia until a doctor heard her trying to catch her breath. So now she helps entrepreneurs build without burnout. And more specifically, she helps them skip burnout entirely. So they work less, start earning more, and do it on their own terms. So she was featured as a Shopify master, a Lululemon ambassador, and one of the United Way's people to know. So I'm just so freaking excited to share this episode with you. So without further ado, let's dig in. Here is the episode with Mallory. Welcome to the ADHD Refresh podcast. My name is Anne-Marie Espina, and I am an expert in ADHD transformation for entrepreneurs. I have a lifetime of experience navigating ADHD all the way from junior high to high school to post-secondary institutions, successfully navigating my own career and also successfully running my own business. I am absolutely obsessed with helping you release old stories and narratives of ADHD that are holding you back so that you can start achieving your 10-year goals right now. You can be, do, or have whatever you want in this life. You just need the right skills to get you there. So within this podcast, you will find the skills that have drastically transformed the lives and businesses of countless clients that I have worked with. My goal of this podcast is to share with you skills, strategies, and tools to show you how you can move from being a made-for-more entrepreneur into a powerful CEO that can create the thriving business you've always imagined. So if you are someone who is looking to level up your business, and if you are somebody who wants it all in life, this podcast is for you. You will learn a powerful strengths-based approach so you can ditch the overwhelm, gain clarity and peace of mind so that you can create the business and life of your dreams. I am so excited to have you here. Let's help you transform into a powerful CEO. Okay, you guys, I am so freaking excited. We are back for another episode and the most amazing guests, Mal, thank you so much for coming today. I'm so excited to share your story with everybody. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. So let's like dig in. So for people who don't know you, what is your journey and your story with ADHD? Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I'll preface it with like, I have not ever been formally diagnosed with ADHD, it's something that I didn't seek out. Um, so I hundred percent know that, you know, based on my research, I am neurodivergent and I think the rest is semantics within a certain degree for myself. Um, but part of that is because it was largely during the pandemic that I discovered those things too. Right. So I think seeking out those kind of things when we're trying to like limit human interaction is also kind of different. Right. And I think there's a lot of context to that as someone who works for myself, I have a lot of privileges that other people don't have. Right. I can, create my schedule how I want, whereas some people might need that formal diagnosis for their workplace, for their study. So I just want to put that out there. Um, but for me, it's something where like, 
honestly, TikTok was like a huge piece as I think for like, yeah, (laughs) yes, I think for a lot of people, which is so crazy about like the way their algorithm is, but it was the first time, um, where I saw like these different quirks about myself being linked to like one thing. And I was immediately like, what is this word? What is happening? Like I need to know. Um, I was familiar with ADHD, but I think neurodivergent was really a new term for me. And that was one thing where I noticed like, um, I was getting all of this one trend. I kept getting this trend in my feed and everything. I was like, Oh my God, that's me. That's me. That's me. And then when I clicked the video, it only had like a thousand videos or something. So you knew the algorithm was like really sending it to you. (laughs) And I just like rabbit hole, like it was like stuff from my childhood, like weird things, like, you know, the line on my socks or my, I used to do dance like ballet tights, like I would literally cry before dance because the line was like bugging me so much or like um, something Oh yeah. It's like brutal. So it's like weird things like that, right. Where you see that. And then you're like, oh, that's weird. I thought that was a weird me thing or like my sense. A lot of it for me was my sensory stuff, which was the first triggers. Like I've always, people joked growing up, like I only ate white foods or like my mom would be like, you were so picky. And then when you finally liked something, she would like buy it. And then I would go, go, go. And then I would just drop it. Right. Like you'd be over it just one day, which I can imagine as a parent is probably so hard when you're like, yes, my kid finally likes this thing. Buy all these groceries on Monday. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're like, yeah, no, I don't want that this week. (laughs) No, no over it. Right. Um, so a lot of those things kind of started coming together and then I started doing a bit more of my own research on the topics, looking at some of the self-assessments. I think the summer before my mom and I actually did um, an OCD test online. And it was funny because we did it for me, myself and my dad. We were trying to prove to my dad that he probably legitimately had OCD. And then me and my mom like scored higher than (laughs) (laughs) And we were like, this makes a lot of sense though. So that was like my first segue. And same thing, like when I was doing the questions, I'm like, oh, that's crazy. Why are you asking these things all together? Like I'd never seen certain things in one space. And I think there was like a lot of validation in that too. But that was really how I kind of dove in. And then um, I also realized almost all of my like private coaching clients for a business, they all either are already diagnosed with ADHD or have been in the last year or so. And I'm like, oh, this makes sense. Like, we kind of found each other, but also those were the people I felt like I could help because even though I only kind of discovered that more recently, I think I've been slowly learning to manage it as someone that is self-employed, like for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's like just so much self-awareness and really like understanding yourself and um, stopping and reflecting about maybe what worked and what didn't work. Yeah. Um, so I think that's super cool. So, Okay. TikTok. Literally, I yeah. was talking about this the last like few days because I was diagnosed super early. Yeah. I was diagnosed when I was like, you know, 10 or 12. Like I just showed oh, wow. up at school and my mom noticed. And so mm-hmm. um, like I had so much support growing up, which I hated because I was like mm. in the stupid math classes. Yeah. And all this anyways. But um, I just, I, I laugh so much because I'm like, if I wasn't diagnosed, that's also where I would diagnose myself is TikTok. It's like, you're scrolling through and it's like, okay. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's, it's very helpful for those reasons, right? It's like, I always say it's a beautiful and scary thing about TikTok because there's a lot of like confirmation bias too. Like if you have a certain opinion, it's going to just feed you that opinion, mm-hmm. but then something like this, it can have some really like beautiful results where people can discover things about themselves and then get the help or for me, it was like a lot of like being able to quote unquote, get help, like figuring out 
you know, you could almost like, even if I was into personal development stuff, I think I was naturally picking up on stuff that worked for me, but then you can go like a podcast like this, like, oh, I'm going to listen to an ADHD podcast because that will probably be the most helpful for me. Right. Mm -hmm. So it helps you kind of narrow in on that, but also it was just like weirdly validating. And like, I found so much peace in that of just like, oh, like I just spent so much of like masking or like, you know, thinking like, I want to tell people that my brain's working this way because they're going to be like, that's really weird, Mal. Right. So it was really cool to just like see spaces where people like also had just like the weirdest nuanced experiences. And, um, yeah, it just like gave me a lot of peace of like, I felt like I was kind of always looking for an answer of why. And then it was just like, oh, this is why. And it's okay. You know? Yeah. No, that's cool. So yeah, now I'm kind of like excited to talk about your journey with entrepreneurship. And, um, then I would love to kind of like dig into a bit more of the ADHD in a moment. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, we were just talking before we started recording that you've been an entrepreneur for like seven years now, you were saying, which yeah. is so freaking cool and exciting. Cause I think it's the world of like where, how we live right now. It's so accessible for people to yeah. entrepreneurs earlier. And part of me is like, why didn't I start like five years ago when I was thinking about it? You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I could have easily started then, but I was too scared. I was like, still caught in the old mentality of like, you have to work, blah, blah, blah. You can't do a business until you have enough experience in, I don't know, the corporate world. Like that, that was what was stopping me. I was like, no, I don't have enough experience like in corporate world to start. So, um, like what, I guess, what was like the leap like for you? What was like the early stages like for you? Yeah. Well, I just want to acknowledge you when you're already in the workforce, I feel like kudos to anyone that does do their own thing because it is 12 times harder when you're like in a job because it's such a big change to go like even if you're doing a side hustle like it's a really big shift so it is like especially hard if you are already in the workforce and so I don't blame you for taking the five years or whatever to decide you're gonna do it (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah I think for me so getting started like I I was always into like business and marketing, like in high school and stuff. I like did student council. Like I organized, um, any of the like, um, charity events that we would do. That was kind of my role in student council. And then like, I organized my prom, I did like grad wear. So I was like making apparel to sell and I really enjoyed that stuff. Um, so I already knew I had that inclination. And then with school, I went to journalism school. And so that was really fun because journalism school for me was like really open right they'd be like write an article so you could pick any topic like the sports reporters you know they would go do a basketball game but like I would go to a startup event or something like that so yeah I got to kind of you know dip my toes in learn a lot about different companies and then I actually started working um, in an office job for the summers and part-time through school and that was really great experience and it validated that I loved marketing um but it also validated that I hated cubicle life like just especially when you're doing it full-time in the summer as a student like you're like it's gorgeous out and I'm like in a sweater and air conditioning (laughs) not sitting by a window like it something about it is so cruel I think we'll look back and be like oh it's like we put people like in those work settings you know um so that was a really big thing for me and you know, I always say it was very much a first world problem, but they asked me to come back for like another summer. And I literally went in the staircase and just like had a panic attack and called my mom. And I was like, I don't know why I'm crying, but I'm like 
so panicked right now. And I think it was really just like knowing, like I didn't want to get sucked into that thing. Um, so I ended up taking like an unpaid internship at a startup and working part-time somewhere else. And that internship turned into a position. And that was something that I got to experience more of that, like, you know, having control. Like I was the marketing department. I was also half the HR department just by being like a woman in tech, unfortunately, you know, like (laughs) that just kind of burden came on me, but I got to learn a lot and like play a lot and say, I think this thing will work. And people say, go for it. Right. In the corporate, there's a lot of like the jumping through hoops, right? Oh my God. So that was kind of where I got that intro. But then I found like, I was really carrying the weight of like, um, a founder, but I was like, I, I'm still just like barely even getting a paycheck, let alone like a cut of a company, right? So that was where um, at the same time I was still in school, I, I was taking entrepreneurship classes. So I think I'm really fortunate that my school had a big emphasis on entrepreneurship. They are trying to incorporate it in every program. Um, so I started building a business in one of my classes actually. Cause he was like, listen, like, I don't want you wasting time. Like we don't need you making some stupid fake business. Like if you have a business you're already working on, if you would like to start a business, like that's what your project should be. So that was really the gateway for me. Yeah. And that's where it's still like such a blur of how my partner ended up working on it with me because at the time we were just um, gym buddies. Like we were both competing in powerlifting And I remember the teacher saying, like, you can work with people outside the course, but I don't really remember how I was like, hey, Josh, do you want to start this business with me? But that's kind of what happened. And we just started working on it. And we really wanted to create something for our own community of powerlifting. And honestly, it was just kind of that, like, um, least barrier to entry. We had all these really cool ideas of, like, these crazy products that would help us these subscription box models because those were like pretty hot at the time. And then we're like, you know what? We don't really have money for most of the research and development for that stuff. So let's just start with a lifestyle brand. Like, let's just start with something that can be that overarching thing that can connect people. And that's really how we kind of fell into it. And from there, we turned it into a real launch. And it was just, you know, kind of like one launch at a time, one t-shirt at a time. And it grew from there. Wow. Okay. That's super cool. Uh, two things. I didn't know you love lifting. I'm freaking obsessed. And (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's cool. So do you still have that business? That business we actually, um, no longer have, we toy, we almost sold it, but it was a bit of a, like, it was our first labor of love and, you know, it's hard to put a price tag on it. I kind of love that. Like if we wanted to revive it one day now, we still can. So that's kind of what it came down to for us. But for me, I actually got super burnt out. Um, that was like, like really bad pneumonia. Hair was falling out, everything. So that really forced me to slow down. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, we were kind of feeling a disconnect of the fashion world of like, even though we were, um, we had like a socially conscious aspect of our business. We were making donations with every purchase. We were also making sure that all of the clothing was made somewhere where people were paid a fair wage, but it was still playing into fast fashion to a certain degree, right? You're still like producing new stuff all the time and encouraging people to like buy every two or three months. And we just got really disconnected from that. Mm -hmm. And it was a huge lesson for me in like building something that can um, like grow without you. (laughs) because even though we could have sold it, I didn't have faith that like without the little bit of magic that Josh and I 
were putting in it and just like being in that community, I really didn't feel good about selling it because I didn't know if it could stand on its own past us. Like there was a really strong community, but I knew that our hearts were a big part of it. And so that was a big business lesson for me. And something I've learned with my neurodivergent journey is this, like I get bored very easily and it's a switch, right? Like it's like the foods, like I'm in and then I'm like, oops, I'm out. (laughs) I get myself to a point where it's like, I will just abuse the same foods and then I put it in my mouth and it's like, you chew it and you're like, disgusting. I am done. (laughs) Yes, a hundred percent. So I noticed that with, with my life too, even hobbies and stuff. Like my mom's always said, I know when to quit. And it is, it has been a good skill for me. And I even feel with that business, like we knew when to quit because I mean, also when you look at the pandemic that happened, like powerlifting just went down because it was a tough sport for that. Right. So there were like some factors where we're like, you know what, we quit at the right time, but, um, it really taught me like, okay, for my next business, what do I want to create that can live forever past? Like people still tag us on Instagram, like there's still that community there, but what can actually live past my boredom when it comes to like my own financial security, right? Like what can I build that I can just plan to get bored in three years and five years right? and not be shocked every time. Cause it's happened my whole life. Right. But I think we get sold this, like find your passion and do it for that's your all life you're do for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what we really realized. We were like, did we ever stop to think like, do we want to make t-shirts for the rest of our life? Nobody was asking us those questions. It was just like, this is your thing that run. Right. So it was really shocking when like, just all of a sudden I was like, I don't know if this is my thing anymore. You know, I think that's so cool. And like, I think that's, we were just talking earlier too, is like, that's one of the reasons that I was super excited to have you on because I was literally just thinking the other day, like my whole thing has been when you're starting your business, like don't even think about starting two at the same time. Absolutely not. Like, I don't even know how people do it. So to me, you're like this unicorn because I'm like in my mind, no way. I'm total bandwidth. Like I know that this business I'm in right now, I have to go all in for like another three to five years. And then I can start taking on other things. Not to say I don't have other products that I'm incorporating and just like Mm -hmm. having fun within my business and creating what I want to create. But, um, how have you managed to build multiple six-figure businesses, multiple, multiple six-figure businesses. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, there's something I'm missing here. (laughs) Um, I think one thing is like also like honoring a timeline, like you saying, I need to focus on this for another three to five years is actually like perfectly in line with creating a second business. And I think everybody sees it as super fast, right? Like I'm going to start this one in April and this one in September. And that's just like a bit of the super speed wheel that we're on because of things like social and because of a lot of the online coaching space that's like propagating that right now. Mm-hmm. So I think part of it is like looking back and going, if I want these both to work for the rest of my life, spending another three to five years on one and then starting the next is not a bad idea at all. Right. That's still a really nice timeline. Um, one thing for us that does help is like, we are generally two people on these businesses. So like Josh, who is my trading partner, then we were like best friends. And then we kind of started dating and building LVD at the same time, which is like probably a bad idea, but it worked out. We're still together. Um, (laughs) But that's definitely an element I would mention is like, there's two of us, which literally doubles your capacity, right? So for us, we can lean in on those strengths. So while I focus on like my business coaching and my marketing education, 
he is a realtor, but we can bounce off each other. So I'm helping build him and he's helping build me. So that's number one. Like I would never, ever go start two businesses at the same time on my own. I think okay, I, would, thank I would pass out. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure it's not possible. <laughs> no, it's, it's a bad idea. Like, and I think most of the time when we do see people doing that, it actually is like, in those partnerships that we maybe don't see, you know, like they're maybe having one business that's their personal brand. Maybe, you know, they're launching a product-based business as well, but there's probably a partner behind the scenes. There's probably some delegation. And I think that's an important lesson too, is like, we don't see behind the scenes. We only see even the behind the scenes that we're seeing is still like filtered. It's still selective, right? So some people, especially in this kind of personal brand era, they're not showing the team of like five people that are making their content or whatever. Right. So we put a lot of this, like, Oh, how do I do this? Right. So, I mean, I also try to be really open about that so that people can see, you know, what we actually have going on behind the scenes, but I I think it's the rock has a team of 21 or 25. Crazy. Yeah. Like insane. He also has a gym that like travels with him. Like when he does movies, like he brings his own gym. (laughs) It's probably a set up and take down crew. (laughs) Yeah. Like we can't compare ourselves to those people. Right. Um, But yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is like find the timeline that makes sense for you and focus on the sustainability. And you can have a business like for me, when I started like something like, um, like last year, I ended up taking on way more private coaching clients that I planned to. And it was just a lot of like, I love these businesses. I really want to dive in. I love these founders. Like, and you know, you can make a lot of money from coaching, but also you are trading your time for dollars really. Right. So for me this year, I've taken a really heavy focus on like, okay, don't let myself take on too many and focus on like, what's the thing that I'm going to build in the background so that when I get bored, it's still there. Because if you get bored of coaching, you're just done. Right. The end of the line. Yeah. Right. But like, don't be afraid for that to be the step one, because that is the building block. And sometimes you just actually need the capital, right? Like if you want to build those things, you might not have an emergency fund to fall back on. So you need to build that up. Right. Or you just, you know, that's your first place of learning. A lot of people go straight to like making a course, but they haven't worked with enough people in their field or whatever. Right. To have I think, one-on-one is so important. Yes. Yeah. So I think it's just about asking like, where do you want to go long-term and then how do you build businesses that fit that? Cause it can be the one business, but we had a, a really early mentor who was one of our teachers at school actually that we stay in touch with. And like, he was the first person when we were like in peak, like love state with our first business where he was like, all right, what's the next one? Like it's time to start. And we just thought that was so crazy. Cause we had the same feeling of like, you know, we have so much to do with this one still, but it also just helped reposition the business a bit and like give yourself that dividing line of like this isn't my everything and always and even if it lasts forever like it is still like an asset mm-hmm. to a certain degree right so you're like what other assets do I want to build are there businesses uh we've gotten into real estate investing for example so it's like can our business help us do that right so you might not go to start a second business you might just decide to expand your real estate portfolio and all of those things are okay you might decide to get into crypto right like whatever you want to do with that business profit you have to decide what next steps make sense for your long-term vision yeah i get so excited talking about this stuff because (laughs) you start like living in the space of like imagination and possibility and like just the creation is so fun like it's just totally gets me going. 
Yes. Um, so yeah, you've obviously had like a lot of success. And one of the things that, you know, I've seen on your page and that you've mentioned several times is community. And so I want to know your expertise on like, how do we build community online? Because I think that there's kind of like two places we can kind of go with this, but uh-huh. I think one of the stories, the social stories about ADHD as well is that I can't be consistent. Right. And so in terms of building community, obviously that requires consistency. So I, I guess, how can we kind of like tie back in the ADHD to like community and how you, you fuel yourself to like keep showing up and building these communities. I just wanted to drop in here because I'm so excited to share with you that this episode is sponsored by the ADHD Business University. As you know, ABU is globally the first university designed specifically for the ADHD entrepreneur. ABU helps you go from being a made-for-more entrepreneur into a powerful CEO with a proven formula of ADHD transformation, habits and systems for the easily distracted entrepreneur, step-by-step sales and marketing, and building out your squirrel collaborations all while having tons of freaking fun, creating huge impact so that you can earn six figures within the next 12 months. Click the link in the show notes to apply if you are someone who is serious about creating the business and life of your dreams. I think an important thing is like when it comes to online marketing, we hear consistency and we just translate that to like show up every day. Yeah. Like everyone's brain is just like, that means I have to post every day. And it's like, that's actually not what consistency means. There's a version where, yeah, sure. If you're posting every day, maybe you're going to scale your page faster. But if you're really trying to grow that community, that is very true to your core. Like consistency can be showing up once a week, right? Consistency is not frequency. So for me, like consistency is about creating a consistent experience. So for me, I care more about, um, do I get the same feel from your website as I get from your Instagram, a great page, you know, those people where you meet them in person and you're like, this person's incredible. And you go to follow them on Instagram and it's just like, like a filtered coffee photo or something. And you're like, Oh, okay, that's fine. But like, I was hoping for your same energy online. Right. That's what I really look at at consistency is like, can I just see content. Even if I didn't know it was you or your face, like I would feel you in it. Right. So I think that's a really important part about consistency. Um, and realizing like your version of consistency can be that it's funny that you post for three months and then disappear for a month and come back. Like that is consistent. If that's consistent to who you are as a person. Right. And I think people are just afraid that it's like, Oh, you know, I fell off. It's like, no, it's just, part of who you are is that you needed a month off after a while. Right. Um, so I think, I think that's one thing. And then the second piece with the community is just really, it's like all of the cheesy quotes you've heard your entire life, right? Like be yourself. Everyone else is taken, like show you're weird, but it really is like, I think a lot of people, especially, um, neurodivergent folk tend to learn how to mask, right? They try to do the the socially acceptable things. And so I think there's a lot of power in just being like, this version of me is actually me and showing up in those weird ways. And that's like what people learn to trust, right? They like that it feels real. It's the reason I can watch a TikTok about somebody getting sick of a food and feel so seen, right? Whereas when I see like another, um, 
real about how to grow using reels. I don't feel seen. I don't feel like I trust them. I'm just like, who is this person? I don't really care. But if they're going to communicate it in a way that I really connect with, okay, I'm creeping that profile, right? I'm checking out who they are. So like, don't be afraid to bring those things out. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing. They're trying to create a version of like, they're looking at the girl who is getting big real views and they're going, okay, well, she's wearing glitters and pink. So that's what does well. So that's what I'm going to do. Right. And it's just not coming through as authentic when it might be really authentic for that person. And that's why it's working. Right. Oh, I love that so much because I think, um, for when I very first started my business, even my brand colors, like one of my clients is a art director and she was looking at my stuff and she's like, this is so not you, please change your colors. I was like, what do you mean? It was like a navy (laughs) blue. (laughs) She's like, that's so corporate. And I was like, oh, (laughs) but it was like, I had this false idea in my mind that I I noticed this story still comes back about, oh, if you're a business owner, you need to like have your shit together and you got to be organized. It'll be like blah, 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 blah. And well, I think there's obviously a level of it that is true, like having your shit together, but it's like, we don't allow for like the humanness. Like I still want to be a total weirdo when I have like seven figures, like whatever. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think, and we don't see enough examples of it. And that's where like TikTok as an app is a really cool space too, because we're seeing and appreciating so much more different. There's so much more like immediate love for strangers. I saw something recently, even this girl posted a video and she's like, this video went pretty viral on both platforms, but on TikTok, it was like 700 K views on Instagram. It went to like 5 million views. And she's like, TikTok was just like so positive. Like people were just like, you go bestie. Right. And then Instagram, she was like, it was just horrible comments. Like it was all about like, you know, what she looked like and stuff. So I do think there's like platforms and spaces that are more open and like ready to see more things that we're not used to. Um, but I think we don't see enough examples, whether it's for queer folk, if it's for neurodivergent, if it's for women of color, like so many of these categories, we're just not seeing enough of those loud examples. And it's a bit of the, like, you gotta be what you need in the world too. So I think sometimes it's like, it feels, it feels a little scary, but trust that like, if you feel like you wish you saw someone like, say you're fitness trainer. If you were wishing that you were seeing someone that was like a whole lot more chaotic or something, you know, you think everyone looks really put together, like be the chaos that you kind of wish you got to see. Right. And that's where you'll really find those connections. Yeah. Okay. I love this. This is so exciting. It's, I, I don't know. Do you know Angie Lee? uh not personally no oh yeah okay that's all right but she came onto my podcast and she was kind of like saying the same thing like just owning your weird like yeah talking about was like just she's like the weirder that I got the tighter the community is she's like people will just like do anything you know now because she's like I'm just so weird like talking about her like poops and peas and whatever right (laughs) it's like that yeah I heard a quote that was like um you don't like everyone, but you expect everyone to like you. And I think it's a really good point. Like you have to let go of that. Like there's going to be people that don't like you or something about you gives them the ick or whatever, but there's also people that like you don't gravitate towards. So you can't really expect to please everyone because then you're just going to get lost in the noise. You really have to be authentic to who you want to be. So for people who are, I guess, maybe struggling, they have been masking for like a lot of their life or something like that. What are some like tips that you would say to like leaving the mask behind so that you can show up as your true version of yourself? Yeah. Um, I think find like the small ways that make it easier for you. So an example of that would be like, 
maybe for one person, it's starting with like a little like funny caption on their Instagram stories, right? And seeing like, oh, people got my humor. Someone else, it, they might need to have, they might feel like they need like a break in something. Like, um, for example, if someone's realized they're queer during the pandemic, right? That's another category. I feel like neurodivergent and queer was a lot of like people realizing about themselves as they spent more time alone. Like that's something where you might need to do the post that says like, I'm queer and proud to feel like you can then move forward in that um, identity that you want to bring forward. Right. Where someone else might be like, you know what, maybe I'm just going to like make some nuanced comments in Instagram stories that like the people who know will know, you know? So for one person, one's the easier version. And for somebody else, the other one is the easier. And usually the opposite feels like really scary. So it's like finding what are the ways that feel most comfortable for you to start shifting how you show up for a lot of people. It is going to be the like small changes of like, you know, say the funnier thing in your stories or like change the brand colors to the black, like your soul that you want it to be, you know, like <laughs> if you feel like you're doing the pinks and stuff and that's not you like make those small changes and see how it feels because the people that are your people, they're going to hear it like 10 times louder and they're going to know, and that's going to feel really validating and really safe to go even further. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. This is so good. I'm loving it. <laughs> so, um, Okay. And have you built all of your businesses on Instagram? Yes. So they've all been like Instagram and blank, I would say. Like our fitness brand was Instagram, email list, and events, like in-person events. Um, Josh as a realtor is pretty much Instagram, like hands down. And then with my business right now, I would say like Instagram and kind of like speaking gigs and some partnerships, but primarily Instagram for all of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have a photography business as well, right? Uh, we did with LVD. So we had like a division that was LVD media, but we don't run that anymore. So right now we're running like, uh, the real estate business and then my marketing business. And then we have our, uh, other stuff like real estate investing. Okay. So far. Yeah. I used to be a kitchen designer when I was living in Vancouver and so I just love like the renovation space and like mm-hmm. at home. And yeah, I remember I was doing it one day and I was in this like super bougie house and I was there and I was like, oh, I just want to like teach people how to buy this house so that they can make it themselves. Like, do the bougie. Yes. It was so yes. Cool. Yeah. I love that. Um, okay, cool. So for somebody who is like the multi-passionate and they're like, I want to start everything all at the same time because yeah. we have all the freaking ideas. Yeah. Um, like how would you tell somebody to narrow down? Okay. Just go all in on this business. Then you can, yeah. you know, in a few years, start the second business or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. How would you, how would you like guide somebody who is really multi-passionate? I think it's that combo of like, what's like the easiest route sometimes. Like some people really want that challenge up front for some people. It's just going to be like, what is the easiest thing? Like when we were students, it was like, okay, it's going to take us a long time to launch this, like technical shirt we want to make but this other one we can start doing and that felt really good for us so sometimes it's like what feels like the easiest right now what feels like you have the most information to start because you're going to learn a lot when you start a business there's a lot you have to learn so if there's something where you're like like I'll give you an example I use fitness a lot because a lot because I was a powerlifter a lot of my students are like in fitness um but if you you know want to be a fitness trainer but you're also kind of tempted to go like this meditation route but you've 
been doing personal training in person, like it might feel easier to be like, you know what, I'm going to start as like an online fitness trainer. Cause I feel like I can get those wheels moving and eventually I can add the meditation thing or I can switch to that. But if I haven't even taken the meditation courses yet, like that's a lot of new, right. To do all of that at once. So that's one is like, which feels like the most attainable right now. Um, and then I think there's an element of like going with your gut. You just like, you know, that there's one of the ideas that like, you're going to kick yourself if you don't pursue, or it's just really been sitting with you for a long time and it feels ready. Um, and I think you have to listen to that because you have to be passionate about it or it's just, it's like a tough thing to do. So if you don't care about it, you're going to quit a lot faster. Right. And that's the hard thing I find with the multi-passionate that have all these ideas is you might not be as invested in the idea. You might go like, Oh, I have this really cool idea for like, I don't know, like a, something to do with plants, but you're like not that into it. You're just like, I think someone should make this product. Once it starts getting tough, you're going to bail and look at the next shiny object, right? So look at like what feels attainable right now. What's my gut telling me? And then how does this fit into my long-term? And I'm big of like, I don't know where I'm going to be in 20 years, but I know how I want to feel. And I know like, you know, how I want to wake up in the morning. And so that's what I think about is like, is this building me towards those steps? Cause I think sometimes when we say, think of your future, people are like, I have no idea where I want to be. So it's hard to say like, is this plant product going to get you <laughs> to the million dollar thing you want? Like you might not know, but think about, does it work towards that? And also realizing like every business is a learning opportunity. So sometimes it's just about starting something like start the silly idea that you have that you're going to look back on and maybe cringe, but at least you're going to learn how to build your first website. You're going to learn how to process a payment. You're going to learn what email provider to use. And then the next one, it's a little bit easier to start that business. You have less of those barriers. And I think that part's really underrated. It's like how you said, you know, it took you five years to get to that idea. If someone's thinking about the idea, like just start it because you can start learning the skills that even if you decide it was dumb in the end and you want to do something else, you take all of those skills with you. It's so true. Yeah. I was talking to um, my clients like over the last couple of weeks, you know, there's some of them who are super early stages and they're like, I don't know what like my one idea is. I'm like, literally, I don't care. Just start doing something, something. Anything. like anything. It can just be like, you know, starting coaching business. Yeah. It's like you just have to start somewhere, even though if you have no idea, it's like, just start working with some people in exchange for testimonials. Like that's what I did. And then it was like, you discover yes. really quickly what you like, what you don't like. And yep. that got me to like where it is. It's like, just take action, the action or like, you know, the clarity that you're seeking is coming from yes. whatever steps you're going to be taking to get you. There. Yeah. Especially if you're like, you know, I want to be a life coach, but I don't really know like what category or like what I want to specialize in. You take five people, you do it for free and you go, Oh, I really loved the people that maybe had a clear goal, but didn't know how to get there. And I really didn't enjoy the people that were like 17 ideas, right? Like you're going to learn about that. Or maybe you're like, oh, these people, I feel like I can really help because I relate to them. I can't really do like that side scares me a little too much, right? So you can find a more narrow voice, which is really important when starting your business of like, what problems are you really solving? Yeah. I think that's so like, and it doesn't take much. Like, it's just like literally like one skill that you know how to do. And it's surprising because I had one client, she's like, well, I'm good at organizing. I'm like, there is like, and she was saying it like, it was so small. And I'm like, organizing is like, it's huge. It can be like the biggest category. Or like, I had another client who was like, I don't want to niche down because 
I want to help everybody. And I was like, but look at all the ways you can help this one person in this one category. And they were like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And you're not boxed in. I think a lot of people forget that. Like if you look at it being a $10 million business down the road, like there could be categories where you're helping all these people in different ways. You just got to get something started so that you can get there. Yeah. And I like too how you, um, you know, mentioned, I don't know if it was like on your website I was reading or we had this conversation, but um, mm-hmm. how you were looking at incorporating some different things like affiliates and um, yeah, uh, yeah, like brand partnerships or just like anything like that. So um, even for me, like it's starting my business, it was like, okay, my podcast got sponsored and then it was like, mm-hmm. you know, my offers. And then now it's like, oh, I got all these different offers and now I can do this and now I can do that. <laughs> so like, what is kind of like, I guess the next steps for you, like where is your focus kind of at right now for what you're looking to incorporate um, into your business this year? Yeah, um, I think a big thing for me, like you said, I'm slowing down like the one-on-one clients this year so I can really build out um, some different strategies and just some longevity to stuff. So for example, I've done like the boring stuff of moving my website to a different platform. I'm building out some different online strategies because I do love, like marketing is my first love. And I think, people need to understand that too. So for me, it's really fun to play in the strategy, but for some people that's really scary. Right. But for me, I'm playing with some different digital strategies um, so that my website can live on. And ideally that becomes a place where people could buy those courses or programs for life. And it, you know, has that evergreen system built into it. So that's a really big thing for me is because I started like more so as someone on Instagram, I definitely hit a point where I was like, I don't want to have to be on Instagram if I don't want to. Like, I'm cool right now, but like, if I decide one day I'm pulling that plug because I know that's how I can be, I don't want it to mean I'm pulling all my financial stability. So that's really what I've been using as like my mission nonstop this year of like, okay, we're building the thing that can last. So you're not dependent on one single system. And so that's really big for me and my business. And then um, looking at how can I use my business to grow those other things that I'm passionate about because I get bored. You know, there's new things that are exciting me like real estate. We're looking at um, a cottage property that like, hopefully by this time this comes out, I know if we get it or not. But like, that's one where I'm just so excited to dive into that. And it's really beautiful that like our businesses have allowed us to do those kind of things. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. That's so fun. Like, just I love it. I love it. So um, yeah. Okay. What would be like a couple pieces of advice for people who are earlier stages of their businesses, you know, maybe like the first three years? What would you like some advice you would give other ADHD entrepreneurs? Uh, when I say don't listen to everyone's advice, <laughs> because there's a lot of it out there. And especially when you're ADHD, it can feel like, you know, everything's pulling you in those different directions of like, oh, this advice is so good. Like, I'm going to go run my business this way. Oh, well, this girl's doing a membership model, right? So I'm going to go do that. And then we can get really just like caught up in that. And also just remembering with that advice, like, not everyone has your context. Even if it's somebody on a coaching call giving you advice, there might be context to your life that you have not given them. And so it's really hard if you get stuck on the, like, this person told me to do X, you have to filter through your, like, whose advice do you want to listen to? And doing that check of like, even if I want that person's advice, have I given them the right context? Mm -hmm. You know, um, for example, I had like a sales call where somebody was talking to different business coaches and she was like, try to choose basically if she should like do YouTube or something else. And 
she was, you know, asking me what I thought because all the other coaches had given her an opinion. And I'm like, I, my love, I do not have enough context for your life to answer that question. Like we need to go into where are you trying to go? Who do you want to be to answer that question? And that's the hard thing. Some people are just so ready to dish out the advice that they don't have that full context. So that is like the first thing is always listen to the advice, take it, see if there's any like root of it that you can get, but don't let it be like the shiny object that you're drawn to of like this person thinks I should do this because then you're, you're letting go of your natural compass. There's something in your gut that is right. And you, if you're swaying every time someone tells you otherwise, all of a sudden our compass is just like broken. Right. And we're like, I don't know which way is up. So I think like audiences too. And I think it's like, yes. only you know, your audience Yes. The certain way. And, you know, you know, marketing, it's like, yeah, it has to be so dialed in and even getting advice from somebody else. You have to, you can't give away your power. You have to ask, is this really going to fly with my long-term goal? Yeah. And everyone's in different seasons too, right? So you could give me advice in January and you could give me the same advice in September and I could totally need it in different capacities. And on the flip, if I'm feeling super burnt out, I might be giving you the advice to slow down because we always have that little bit of bias, right? But if I'm really in grind mode, I might be telling you like, no, you got to put in the long nights and you might be sitting there being like, I'm so burnt out, but this person's (laughs) telling me to keep going, right? (laughs) But that's what we have to remember is like, everybody has their bias and their own season that they're in. So the advice is always going to come with a little bit of that spice too, right? Um, so I think that's the biggest advice. The second one is like just starting, like you're going to make mistakes. Very few mistakes are going to make or break you. That's one big thing I've realized. I feel like I still sometimes live in this fear of like making that one mistake. That's like the wrong choice where everything crumbles. And it's just realizing like you haven't made that mistake to date. And if you have, you've recovered. So it wasn't that mistake that you think it was, you know, so nothing's going to fully break you. And it's all just like those bite-sized challenges. Um, even something as small as like we painted our railing and banister this weekend. And for both of us, we're like not inclined that way. Like we're not very like handyman people. And I realized like in doing it, I'm like, everything that feels scary to me is actually just a series of questions of which there are already answers. Like I wasn't trying to invent electricity. I was trying to paint something, you know, which there's Google searches that will immediately, I don't even have to click a link in Google anymore. Like it tells you the answer. You know what I mean? Like it gives you the preview answer. There's YouTube tutorials. There's like several, there's experts at stores. Like when you realize there is all this resources out there and they really are just series of questions, right? Which email platform do I want to use? Watch a YouTube tutorial that compares a few, read an article, see what somebody else is using. They're all just those little bite-sized questions to which there are already answers. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. So how can people work with you or what have you got going on right now? I know you have some really cool workshops that you're running. So yeah, so I do do some private coaching. Well, like I said, it's less this year. Um, my main program is Sell and Social, which is a self-led course. Um, but then it also comes with the alumni community, which is really fun. And then we do monthly group coaching calls. I actually had one today. And those just continue forever. So uh, it's like a one-time or payment plan course purchase, but you get to stay in those, which is a really fun community. And then I have some other kind of have a big goal for me was having um, products for all price ranges, right? Like if you want the one-on-one private coaching, we can do that. But also I'm going to give you 
the $500 version and I'm going to give you the $37 version, right? So I, I have a bit of a range on my website. There's a lot of different ways, whether you're looking to like plan some of the financial side, I have a lot of stuff with that. And then the marketing side, those are kind of my, my big things. And then otherwise, like uh, sending me a DM on Instagram is always welcome for sure. And I have a free workshop as well. That's just malloryrowan.com slash free workshop. If people want to start working on that social strategy, that feels good to them. Yeah, I'm going to put your handle and all that yes. kind of notes so that people can connect with you. And yeah, I loved connecting with you on Instagram. I don't even know how it happened, but we started talking. Yes. About, yeah, this girl's freaking awesome. So I just love you. Yes. No, I love it too. And honestly, it's so funny because like I said, how all my clients ended up being either telling me they had ADHD or recently being diagnosed. I would also say most of my course content is very much catered to ADHD and neurodivergent brains because it's just the things that make sense to me. And so it's kind of a fun community because a lot of us, our brains work the same way. And that's why they, you know, they get in the program and they're like, yes, this makes sense for me. So there's a lot of like-minded, which is fun. It's like, I accidentally made my programs for people with ADHD. <laughs> oh my gosh no but I love that and I'm so excited for you to come into ABU and yes some of your stuff so yeah it's gonna be amazing but um yeah thank you so much for coming on it's been amazing to connect with you and just hear your journey and you know I'm super inspired so I know that some of the listeners are gonna be as well so yeah thank you awesome. it's been so good thank you cool thanks guys we'll see you next time Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. Have you begun to realize how powerful this work really is? Each and every time that you tune in, you're learning to master this work, you're transforming your own life and your business. If you are someone who really loves to help other people, please share this episode on social media to help transform someone else's life. And if you really love this episode and you found value, please leave me a review. It will help us create a positive change and shift the way the world sees ADHD. I also really love to connect with my listeners. So you can find me on Instagram and Clubhouse at annemarie.espina. And if you have any questions, please email hello at annemarieespina.com and your questions may be featured in upcoming episodes. Thank you so much. Have an amazing day and I will see you next time.